welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7, 365 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. I say on air and online as, as nearly uh, accurately or, or as cleanly accurately descriptive of the two ways in which we present this show. The one, of course, through the, well, largely standard podcast feed that we have going. That's the first link on our homepage. And on uh, the second methodology is sort of a, an analogy or analog lookalike. Let's, let, 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 me, let me try it that way. Uh, what we call a radio loop. It is the product of the show running on a separate computer here in the studio that continually puts it out in a what is known in the in the industry as a shoutcast, uh, essentially a a broadcast, a looped broadcast of the show that you pick up by hitting the second link on our homepage. And uh, you pick up the show wherever it may happen to be at that point. Hence the, uh, the analogy to analog. How does that work out? Analogy, well, in any event, uh, much as you would uh, turn on a radio in your car or turn on a radio uh, in the old days with a knob somewhere and begin listening at whatever point the show was. Well, that's what you do with our radio loop, except that when you get into the show, and I'm confident you will, uh, if you came in after the very beginning, well, you get to hang around and the show loops back to the beginning again, hence Radio Loop. But uh, it is Friday the 28th of October in the year 2022. Uh, David will not be with us today. Uh, he will be back next Friday. Uh, he has uh, other things to deal with, uh, and, and, he's, uh, and David just deals with all sorts of things. But we look forward to him being with us next Friday. Uh, we have just the same a great amount uh, to talk about or could talk, uh, <laughs> I've been known to, and could talk about uh, for an indefinite amount of time. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the show to a, to a reasonable, uh, a, a slightly lesser length this morning, ju just to basically make some, some points that I want to make. Uh, the, if you're following the media... Uh, and, and, and the predictions that are coming up about the midterm elections. I, I can't speak for everywhere in the country. I could speak for nat, uh, national sources of information. But largely, what I'm picking up is this um, uh, increasingly, uh, we're not so sure, and we're getting a bit nervous attitude coming from Democrats that somehow things aren't quite breaking the way uh, we hoped they would earlier on, that the large reaction to Roe and everything that was going on a few months back kind of didn't, uh, you know, that, that wave has crested and hit the shore and sort of dissipated by now. Uh, that the economy has largely taken over and a lot of the lies coming out about uh, not just the economy, but of course the usual fear lies about uh, soft on crime or something of that nature. That sort of Republican advertising has been picking up. And there's the general sense that those who embrace the Trumpian lie, who were certainly not a majority of Americans, but close to a majority or better, better than a majority of Republicans, uh, they, of course, are not going to be convinced or, or have any, no amount of reason, rationality, and facts is going to change their way. And, and, and that tracks largely with a poll that came out earlier this week 
saying that among Republicans, and, 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 and in fairness, Democrats as well, uh, the, the urge or the, the, the feeling of necessity, the feeling of urgency about maintaining power, in the case of Republicans getting back national power, but in the case of Democrats retaining power, this urgency outweighed any moral considerations they might have about candidates. So, so, so that, would, that would kind of, uh, might explain the, Hers the very fact that Herschel Walker is actually uh, running neck and neck with Raphael Warnock down in Georgia, although early voting seems to be going in Warnock's direction, but no one's quite sure about that one at this point. Um, no amount of, of Trump embracing, no amount of, of a big lie embracing the, 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 the big steel, that whole mentality, none of that seems to be uh, breaking through the ranks of the rank-and-file Republicans. All of that is secondary to simply getting back power in a system that most would have been or are still willing to destroy anyway. It's almost, it's almost getting control in order to decommission uh, the, the, the American political or democratic system. Um, I, I, I don't know how to read this. It's, it's a weird thing. If you follow the logic of, well, you know, January 6th was okay. Trump basically was simply expressing his right to do something and ignoring, of course, every bit of factual material that's followed that. The only conclusion you can come to is that the structural integrity of our democracy is secondary to this notion of power and control. And so once these people, let, let's assume that the Republicans take back the House. Now we're hearing, and, and I have no reason to doubt, that there will be an instantaneous push to create uh, all manner of commissions, uh, one to, of course, investigate Hunter Biden. I mean, this is this is Hil this is Hillary Clinton all over again. Uh, well, the, the you know the 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 uh, the Justice Department is already investigating Hunter Biden, and whatever happens there will happen. But no, this will make for the political theater that they want. Uh, many different uh, members of the uh, president's cabinet, and very possibly Joe Biden himself, will become the object of of commissions designed to uh, essentially uh, end up in an impeachment situation. And if it goes to the Senate, uh, presumably there won't be enough Republicans if the Republicans were to take the Senate, uh, which they, it's, it's a toss-up. There wouldn't be enough, of course. The final vote will not be to impeach. But if you have the House and the Senate both in Republican hands, we're getting a taste of this in the information coming out. And again, presumably accurate to the effect that there won't be much done. It will simply be one perpetual commercial to basically demean, diminish, uh, and, and just raise the temperature of the, of the, disc, of the discord, the, the, um, uh, the, the, all, all of the negativity, all of the vis-a-vis uh, -vis every kind of culture war issue that can be raised to continue the antipathy, divide the nation as more and more and more and more for lack of having a sense of purpose, having a sense of uh, basically having an agenda, basically having a platform, basically having a vision for the country other than to undo what has been done for the benefit of all Americans and, and perpetuating this sense of division. This apparently is what can be expected if Republicans take control of both houses of Congress. Now, is that the automatic end of America as we know it? No. No, we, we've seen this before. Uh, uh, 
Barack Obama went through this uh, in, you know, in, in different points within his term, uh, his two terms as president. And basically what it does, it puts the, the president in a position to be vetoing all sorts of legislation. Hillary Clinton uh, was the target, and of course nothing ever came of it. Uh, references to the Justice Department to begin investigating. Nothing, nothing ever came of that <clears throat> because there was nothing to come of it. It was simply a bludgeoning tool. But let's just say that the Republicans were to take both houses of Congress and proceed to do what it appears they would want to do <clears throat> with control in both. <clears throat> that is to just bludgeon, 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 and attempt to repeal, attempt to repeal, and of course, Joe Biden, therefore, negating all of that. Well, what they've done is simply underscore, reinforce the argument that's being made right now that they're trying, that they have nothing, there's nothing about America that they want to do. Their whole sense of America is undoing, it's unraveling, it's proving or, or operating from the, from the perspective that we have a right to do this because Donald was right in the first place in doing what he did. It reinforces the insurrectionist kind of notion about what the Republican Party is all about. We will take this down. We will pull it apart. It's, you know, it's not the equivalent of an insurrection, but it's, it's a disassembling. It's a... It's a, uh, it, it, it's a structural uh, under, undercutting in order to basically express anger and grievance. It's not coming from a sense of optimism. It's not coming from an understanding that change is an evolutionary project, that, that, that change is an inevitable situation that we are called to a higher calling, that America is an experiment that requires a positive, literally progressive uh, series of events coming when people come together and, and hash out issues jointly. It, it's not, it, it's denying all of that. And it's the, it's the sense of the country that I'm concerned about that would happen if the Republicans took over. Yeah, yeah, Barack Obama lived through that. And he just vetoed away. And they went after Hillary. But the level of the vindictiveness that Republicans would use in going after a Hunter Biden or any other member, it will clearly be seen as a tit for tat. There will never be the amount of material. It will all be innuendo. There will not be the credible witnesses on, say, compare the January 6th committee. These are Republicans basically saying what they saw going on leading up to during and after January 6th, basically understanding and saying under oath that this was horrible and the president was effectively, when you add all the pieces up, behind the whole damn thing and tons of other people were breaking the law. None of that will be part and parcel of going after a Hunter Biden or whoever they choose within the administration or, or Biden himself to, to have a hearing. It will be a, a childish, sophomoreish, schoolyardish effort to, oh yeah, you had those? Well, we're gonna, now we're going to have our... Here's, here's your entertainment, oh red meat uh, Trumpian types, and you could all go, yeah, 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 yeah. None of it, the factual, the factual material will be no more convincing than it is right now. But it'll be a show. It'll be an emotional, it'll be just widening the wedge, uh, spreading out that chasm. And where he can, Biden will essentially say, you know, I veto, I veto, I veto. I mean, whatever can be done there. Uh, there is a, there's, but there's a, there's a hidden benefit in this, if you could call it that as well. 
you'll be, it will be that much easier for a Joe Biden or any Democrat to draw the comparison between the vapid, bullshittish way in which the Republicans will go about their hearings because there ain't nothing there, and whatever is there will never rise to the level of the, invest, of, of the hearings or the, the level of the criminal activity involved in January 6th or the two impeachments of Donald Trump, for that matter. He obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> come on, folks. Uh, nothing will be there. There is nothing there comparable and Biden and Democrats will be able to point at that continuously. They'll be able to say, look, or Biden will be able to say, look, I spend my day vetoing the crap that's going through, which is all basically reactionary, hateful, destroying, get rid of, take away. It's an effort to basically remove your rights from you. They'll, if, they, if they try hard enough, if they had both the House and the Senate, uh, they would try putting through a national abortion ban, most likely. That would be a horror show. Uh, but, of course, it wouldn't pass. Vi Biden would basically veto it. And the, the level of anger, the, the sheer arrogance and gall that the Republican Party would demonstrate in being so out of touch with uh, Americans on this. Oh, they might try to say something about, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll have exceptions for the life of uh, the mother un unless any particular state wants to change that and therefore make it completely uh, criminal and, and, and just how much of a, of a sentence will be given to the woman who attempts to get abortion or the doctor who, who, or anyone who facilitates all of this crap, all of this, all of this primitive throwback kind of viciousness will basically not serve them well in 2024. This is, this is the concept that I'm hearing, or this is the notion that I'm getting. They will set themselves up for being a non-governing, vicious, angry, uh, sort of, sort of a, a throwback to basically uh, just being it, it using much like Donald Trump using the power of the government essentially as a tool against others not to govern but to get whatever they think they need to maintain their power. And this point can be brought out again and again and again and should be and will be. And I'm hearing people saying that this will virtually guarantee Democrat, a Democratic sweep in 2024. There will be that reversal. That, too, has historical precedent. And it would, bo it would bode very well for keeping a Democrat in the White House in 2024. Right now, Joe Biden is saying that he's the guy to do it. He says he doesn't want to declare just yet because if he does, there's all those different rules and regulations that you have to go through. Donald Trump, on the other side, continually teases the notion that he might run again in, in 2024, but also knowing that the moment you technically declare, everything becomes uh, very, very, well, allegedly transparent. In his case, it means that all the money that he keeps taking in, and it's been a few hundred million he's taken in for himself, has to now be reported and donors have to be reported and a certain percentage of it has to go to the RNC and everything. And that, Well, that's not what he wants to do. He wants to have his money. And, and, and if you can also believe people like uh, Michael Cohen, and, and, I, and I believe him in this particular regard, Donald would never take the chance of losing again. And even if he could have all the fun and all of the vitriol and all of the anger of people of having to rouse people up again, well, that would be, uh, that, that would be a bridge too far. Assuming that the basic organs of government were still in place and operative when he loses in 2024, they would have to, then he would absolutely find himself in a criminal situation. But before that, 
he will find himself on the wrong side of indictments, trials, and convictions. Between now and 2024, the slam dunk, of course, and all that, being the Mar-a-Lago case, the, 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 the case where he basically took, uh, sequestered, and then obstructed the uh, discovery of top-secret documents sitting in his estate at Mar-a-Lago. So could we, is there another possibility? Could, uh, could the Democrats take and hold both houses of Congress? Well, if, if, if they held the Senate and not the House, you would still have the House, I, I have no doubt, uh, under, a, under a, the, the, the spineless leadership of Kevin McCarthy, who basically condemned Trump like crazy, was an anti-Trumper way, 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 way back, condemned Trump after January 6th, and then flipped around and began kissing his ring in every other orifice of Trump's body. And all of that ugliness will be embodied in the, in the viciousness and the callousness and the uselessness of the things that they will attempt to do as far as creating commissions and everything else. The Democrats will boycott, will boycott all of that and may literally have to boycott things that the Republicans do. This, this, is, this will be raising the level. If we hold the Senate, of course, appointments and everything else stay within senatorial control, and a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff, the crap that'll be coming out of the Congress gets blunted that way. If we lose the Senate, and it won't be by much, there would never be enough, there wouldn't be the 60 votes required in order to get past the, the, uh, the, 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 the filibuster rules that exist in the Senate, but assuming Mitch McConnell is still the boss, he has been known to go ahead and say the hell with all that and blow the Senate away and just basically kill that rule. And he might, he just might do that if he feels somehow it will give a certain measure of power. But if he does it often enough and the, and the gloves are off and we get down to everything being done on a 50, uh, 50 votes, 50 plus one, well, 50 plus, uh, well, no, no, no. In this case, it would, be, it would have to be 51 Republicans because Kamala Harris being the 51st vote to break a tie in a, in a Democratic presidency. Um, if he does that, then things would happen starting in 2024 when the when the Democrats would take back the Senate, and I'm and I, and I have and the map will favor Democrats in 2024, I have no doubt that that will rebound to the very very uh, negative, uh, the very sad um, uh, feelings on the part of Republicans. I, again, and I'm making a whole bunch of assumptions here. But if the, again, and, and, but my, my premise, and I, and I think it's a valid one here, if the Republicans spend the next two years, if they have at least the House, and do nothing more than basically try to drive a bigger wedge between the, the, the Americans and, 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 and just give a larger amplitude uh, of, of sound to the uh, stop to the steal situation with Trump, and he really won, and give Trump that much more uh, validity, they will be alienated. They will be proving to most Americans, to the majority of Americans, what a useless Govern, governmentally useless, what, a, what, a, what an ethically corrupt, what a morally corrupt bunch of people they actually are. And that, when you get to a presidential election year, could be dreadful. Because by then, the notion that the, what, what, what is left of democracy is literally hanging by a thread, that, that basically the Republicans in control are nothing more than, forget witch hunt, are nothing more than a militia going after the rest of America that doesn't agree with their insanity and their desire to basically undo everything. By then, it will be do or die for the country. That, I mean, and, I, I, and again, the arguments you hear that, oh, no, 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 you're overstating everything is fine. It's not. Everyth everything is not fine. 
And we are going through this period, which the country does occasionally, but we're doing it in the era of social media and instantaneous communication. We are watching the ugliest side of democracy at play. We are watching the prejudices, we're watching the fears, we're watching all of the things that basically democratic institutions are supposed to help us get past and through suddenly reemerge. We're watching, we're watching the fear of letting anyone but us be in control because we have this reverse situation where the skin, skin color suddenly is no longer going to be lily white in the matter of maybe 15 or 20 years, whenever you count the demographic, the average person living in this country will not have two white parents. It's that simple. And that, I believe with all my heart and soul, is at the foundation when you scrape away all of the, when you really rub away all of the other rhetoric and everything else, you get down to the fear driving whatever it means to be Republican right now. Uh, and, and, and you find that that fear is composed largely of being marginalized and not being recognized. And, and then you, and when you wonder why would that even be, why would anyone imagine that would happen? You, you become all the more aware of how much, because there's no vision for a larger inclusive country. You see, once, once you imagine America as an evolving, increasingly inclusive place, those fears become secondary, uh, minimized. But if, if your notion of America is that it should be a white Christian-ruled place and that everybody else who's not should stay in their place, or people who may even be white and Christian who don't agree with us should stay in their place, because this is the way it's always been. Even though we speak a great storyline about uh, opening up and being open to everybody, well, finally, all of that talk in all of our founding documents and everything is finally for the first time as we move into the 21st century, we're actually getting to the point where we're about to live it in real time, that we are about to become, and by no other action than pure mathematics and biology, we are about to become this, this true melting pot nation that does not have white Christians as the predominant or the sole leading group. And it's scaring, it's scaring the shit out of a lot of Republicans. And if you, again, if you could scratch away, scrape away all of the rhetoric, all the other BS reasons why we're doing this and what we're against, and you will eventually come down to, of course, Fear. That's what it is. Fear. And the Republican Party is being driven by fear. Running around with your AR-15, having to have your guns, all this other stuff. Fear. Just scared to death. No one ever able to use those words in a self-descriptive way, but fear constantly of everything that they might do. Fear of the other. Constant expression of grievance. Donald wasn't the first to go ahead and do that, but he gave Republicans a formula. And the very fact that he continues to, to live outside of a prison is, is proof enough to a lot of people that it's the way to go. This is, you, you do this, you're, you're garish, you lie, you could say anything you have to say because what, we're, what we could lose otherwise is, is so overwhelmingly frightening that no, there are no moral compunctions, no, no other contravening uh, arguments or ways of doing things. There's nothing you can't do to keep that from happening or allowing them to take over. It means, it means the rules are off the table. And among those rules is, of course, the preservation of a free and fair and open election system. Because elections are where you lose this stuff. At least 
technically, where, where you lose the right to control within the confines and the definitions of, of, of our constitutional system, within the laws, within the judicial system. How, how much longer can Republicans allow uh, themselves to basically have a fear, have, uh, have changed laws, watch them in many cases be overturned but within the judicial system. This is the amazing thing. We're still getting a lot of overturn. The court, for all of it, the horror show of Roe v. Wade and other things that it's done, the Supreme Court, still basically is, seems to be capable of recognizing out-and-out -out lies when people attempt to use them as a basis for overturning legislation. So far! But I would ask, how, how long do you think the court could sustain, could, could, could withstand pressure to basically ignore its own uh, system of doing things, its own, its own historical precedent? Well, it's already done that in Roe v. Wade. It basically destroyed stare decisis. How, how much longer before there is a wholesale uh, destruction of the meaning of the Supreme Court. And when that happens, and many argue that it has to some extent already with Roe v. Wade uh, being kicked out for the worst legal re reasoning humanly possible and destroying stare decisis in the process, how long before that goes into a wholesale, well, who cares about the system and then who cares about the vote? The vote right now is, 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 of course, the Republicans are attempting to manipulate it because they know that in terms of pure numbers, they can't win close elections, much less any other election. In, 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 in key places, the, the elections that count, and let's call them in swing states, you have to fiddle with things. You have to mess up. You have to intimidate things. You, you have to make it harder for people to vote by mail. You have to do anything you can to stop the, the, a free and fair and open election and encouraging people. No, we have to, we have to discourage people because look at, what, well, look what they look like. Look at who they are. They're not us. So therefore, we must find a way to blunt or negate or lessen or absolutely, absolutely uh, destroy their capacity to vote or, or don't have their votes counted. This is already being acted out openly, openly. And, 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 and it's, a, it's, it's a dangerous time. And I really believe that, you know, whatever happens in this election coming up, the 2024 election will be the, the apex. It will be, it will be the, uh, the, the ultimate uh, statement of all of the, the, the ultimate conclusion, the last episode of this particular phase of American democracy will be played out in 2024 and the period thereafter. This is the, what, what happens between 2022 and 2024, between what happens after election. Well, you're going to have all these challenges. There's over 100 of them already. Uh, there's going to be all these challenges to elections. We're, we're going to further, the Republicans will further attempt to diminish the entire electoral system. Assuming they take the House, they're going to basically start Hunter Biden and every other type of thing. They'll attempt to do impeachments. They'll basically basically de debase, 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 debase the quality and the, and the, and the veracity and the, and the legitimacy of American jurisprudence, of American legislative capability, of truth generally. And all of that is going to come to a head by 2024. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a pleasant next two years one way or the other. And also the 2024 situation naturally includes the possibility of Donald Trump being there, but I don't believe he will be. He gives up too much power. He gives up, he gives up too much money by basically running again. And he will be uh, indicted. He will be tried and convicted. And part of which may very well be, I believe, certainly in the, in the Mar-a-Lago case, he will be, uh, as part of, if the law is followed directly, he will be prohibited from holding office, any kind of office in the United States after that. So that goes away. And then he just gets the bitch and moan. And, and he basically, in, a, in an odd way, that becomes an advantage to him. They, they're trying to hold me back, but I can blah, 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 and talk and talk. Well, if he's trying to do that from prison, that won't work very well either. 
He, they, he, no, no, no incarcerating authority is going to give him the freedom to basically broadcast from prison. Prisoners don't get the right to basically go on whatever, truth social, whatever the hell it is. He could be back on Twitter before you know it, by the way. Oh, I don't know if you heard. Elon, Elon Musk, this, I didn't think this was going to happen, but Elon Musk has taken Twitter private, instantaneously fired the CEO, the, the chief uh, financial officer, and a bunch of other people. And there's talk that he's going to uh, get rid of a whole bunch of other people. And Twitter is now in the hands of this rather interesting sort of, um, I guess, a libertarian sort. And he's always said that he was against taking anyone off Twitter, including Donald Trump. So that might be a whole other... Uh, <laughs> Get ready for that possibility, folks. <laughs> I, 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 I see a time coming up the next two years, no matter how this plays out in the election, where Americans finally are rather than, yes, there'll be all of the rhetoric, but people are going to watch, people are going to observe what the result of this is in terms of the structural integrity of the country. We're going to watch institutions basically be balderized or, or out and out uh, defanged, power taken away from traditional mechanisms of government in the name of perpetuating differences and living out grievance. And the practical reality of that is going to begin to hit home for a lot of people. And this is what's going to make 2024 pretty much, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the top of the hill. It's, 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 it's going to be a decision point for our future in a way that I don't think anyone could have imagined, certainly five years ago, that we could find ourselves literally at the point of questioning our own right to continue as a functional democracy within that little time of Donald Trump entering the race. And again, I, I, will, I will totally agree with people that Trump isn't the reason, no, these things were there, but these, but this, these tendencies, these, these anarchistic, these, these hateful, these divisive, these, these um, destructive tendencies are always present <clears throat> within the nature of any functional democracy. Democracy is this process of dealing with all these things and yet having a successful country. America's done amazingly well. We've had huge hiccups along the way. But this one <clears throat> is different because there's so much power in information and, the, and we've been through the other hiccups before. And the capacity to hurt ourselves is, is so much more uh, powerful because you have people fearing the very thing that we've always talked about we were supposed to become in the process of becoming a more perfect union, that being an all-inclusive society that lifts up all and gives everybody opportunity. Every, every wonderful speech that was ever made by any Democrat or Republican, if you want to go to George Bush, uh, George Bush, uh, you know, 41, uh, a thousand points of light, this is it. This is where we're going. This is, this, is the, this is the end point of where we are biologically, demographically. And yet, once we're getting there, it's scaring the hell out of a lot of people. And, and I don't know, I, I don't know that we've ever experienced this before. We've assumed the white Christian leadership of the country will, will, was, is, and will hold no matter what. But that's no longer the case. It, it won't be just by sheer numbers. So in order to make those numbers do something that they're not designed, in other words, in order to make the minority sustain its power over the majority, you have to break the system. You got to break a few eggs to make that omelet. And the omelet is going to be an ugly burnt one. How this is all going to play out, I, I, I just don't know.
but we're going to watch it play out. However, this election, you know, proves out in the next uh, week or two, you know, whatever is 11, how many days is it? However it plays out, and then the period thereafter, and however the Republicans will use their power, presumably within the House, to begin a whole series of, of, of hearings and, and impeachments and, blah, 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 and, and forcing and nothing but, and all of the things that have been built up being attempted to be torn down, that is going to force the country uh, to make decisions in 2024, that will basically be um, go, no go, I believe, for our survival as a practical democracy, as a practicing democracy. Uh, I hear people talking about leaving the country now, get the hell out. Uh, I think this is... <laughs> It's going to be an interesting time. Fasten your seatbelt. You're in for a we're in for a bumpy ride, but we'll see. I I I, I don't know. I I can't make any predict. I'll make a prediction. That, all right, let's try this. New York City. Kathy Hochul will remain governor, and and Chuck Schumer will remain senator. Uh, that's as far as I'll go. After that, and how everything plays out in the country, who the hell knows? But the Republicans are afraid, and that fear is not something that's going to be... Truth and the facts would be used normally to dispel fear. And the fact that you're not being hurt, that everything's okay, that basically, you know, lies are bad. Here's what, you know, bad things were done on January. No! I have to, I have to maintain this whole universe of horror and fear in order to preserve what I've been told and what I now believe is the only way that I can be kept from losing everything. And as long as that, that sense is out there, and I don't see it dissipating anytime soon. You try, try having a conversation with anybody who believes that Trump won the election in 2022. Try presenting facts and ask them what facts they're working with. You will find out quickly. None of it matters. None of it matters. There is, a, there is an emotional block. The fear that drives the, the embrace of all that transcends any capacity to, to accept factual information. And it's all going to play out between now and 2024. How? With what disruptions between now and then? In, in the country and the way people function and the civility with which we deal with one another, I, I don't know. But it is a truly uh, fasten your seatbelt. I want to say, and I truly feel, that there is hope here. I, and, I, and I've said this on, on prior shows. You take Donald out of the equation via conviction and, and incarceration. And you begin to deflate a substantial amount of the craziness and fear that's operating there. But you've got to do that and do it relatively soon after the election. The trial must begin, the indictment and the trial must begin almost immediately. Certainly on the Mar-a-Lago, on, on the, secret, on the, on the uh, top secret documentation. You've got to get this guy out of the equation. And there'll be, initially there'll be the reaction, rah, rah, rah. The Republicans are still at a point where many of them would be thankful for getting him out of the equation. I'm convinced that there is no Donald wannabe lookalike who could actually take his place, that some more rational level of approach to governance will take, will take over in the party if you can get Donald out of that position of bully pulpit leadership that he has right now. And it'll be all the more so, of course, if, if, uh, if Elon Musk and Twitter allows him back in. That's, that's my hope. That's my belief. And, 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 and it, it, is, it is a level of hope. We've got to find a way to diffuse the tension and the anger and the fear in the Republican Party. The best way I could see of doing it right now is to negate Trump, not in any, any permanent physical way. I mean legally and, and, and practically getting him in an incarceration position where he's no longer able to communicate. 
and basically diminishing him financially or, or, or negating his, his corporate capability to the point where he just, he's just, you know, he's just not there anymore. And the Republicans, they'll be, oh, they'll, they'll start eating their dead and they'll be more than happy to, you know, find a way to do it. And they'll thank us, they'll thank the Democrats quietly for facilitating this. But, but if you let this go too long, there's no amount of thanking the Democrats. It'll become too, it'll take over even more. The infection will spread to the entire body Republican. And it, it will be, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how you stop that from, from basically infecting uh, the body politic of America to the point where democracy is not particularly a functional way of, of going forward. Gotta, gotta go with our best shots here. Gotta basically uh, indict and convict and incarcerate Donald, shut down his mouth, and basically keep reminding ourselves and the country that shutting everything down and going backwards does, has practical negatives, that the, that, the, that the practical impact is bad for everyone. we got to get past this election first. And then it's watching the last bits of the experiment of the old, of the latest iteration of America play out and something different, maybe better, maybe not, begins taking over in 2024. We are going to that level of transition, as I see it. It's within our control, largely still. How we choose to exercise that control, that's within our control also. Please, I, I, uh, I ask anyone of any stripe of good conscience, please, um, don't operate from a position of fear. Fear is what destroys us. Imagine that there is still so much more and so much more good that America can, can have in its own future and can project outward to the world. It's still very much possible. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of embracing hope over fear. And it must be done actively. It's, it's not, no one's going to, to dump hope on us. People of good faith must embrace and seek the basis for hope and the basis for going forward. Never thought, I never imagined in a million years I'd be talking like this five years ago when we first began this show. But here we are. Here we are on the 28th of October in the year 2022 of the Common Era. Here we are, once again, uh, testing whether, as uh, Mr. As, as, as Benjamin Franklin responded to the question, will it be a republic, sir? It'll be a republic if we can keep it. Yeah, that's how it works. Perfect time for a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. What happens between the election of 2022 and 2024 will define the next chapter of the American experiment. It may be an experiment in democratization of the country, depending if the fear that is being experienced right now by Republicans becomes all pervasive or... Things can get a hell of a lot better. It depends on what we want to embrace.